and welcome to Coffee and Catholics, a Catholic women's talk show podcast. I'm Stacy, one of your hosts, and with me I have... Hi, I'm Alicia. I'm Annie. And I'm Lauren. Hello, and welcome to Coffee and Catholics, and Happy New Year. Um, so... We thought that starting this new year, we would go ahead and reintroduce ourselves. So for those of you who've been following us, even before we had our first episode out, we did a series on our Facebook group page. So if you haven't joined our Facebook group, Coffee and Catholics, um, you should go ahead and try that. We also have Instagram and Twitter. But before we even released our first episode a year and a half ago, we introduced ourselves on that Facebook page. But since then, we have a lot more listeners and um, who are not on that group. So a lot of you have no idea who we are. So we thought that we would um, use the next four episodes to reintroduce ourselves to you. And um, today, we are going to be interviewing our very own Alicia. So, Alicia, um, where are you from originally? Um, well, I originally was from Washington State. Uh, that's where I grew up until I was 13, I think, and then moved here to Oklahoma. But And uh, since moving to Oklahoma, I've moved around the Oklahoma City area a bit. <laughs> what is something that you miss about Washington State? Um... I would say mostly the mountains because I didn't grow up in like a big mountainous area, but there were like the kind of like the tail ends of the mountain range, like the Rocky Mountains right by where I lived and we'd go hiking up there. I recently learned though that apparently my parents told me repeatedly not to go up there and we just did. And I was in like middle school. My sister's in upper middle school, like early high school and my like little sisters are in elementary school and we still just went up there and there were like mountain lions and things and that's why they didn't want us to go up there and so we would go up there and then come home and be like where were you guys at we were looking for you and they're like we're up in the mountains and like, they were just really happy we had very nonchalant <laughs> where else would I be yeah. we did um, in the mountains yeah. I think he's Sister Maria <laughs> how can I not sing <laughs> so, did you twirl yeah. any with your arms open wide I can't recall but I'm sure <laughs> A silly teenager so but yeah so that's what I miss most um when you were younger did you play any sports I did um I played a couple of them like volleyball I did tennis for about like two days <laughs> and I think middle school or high school and then I just decided that all the running they made us do was just not my thing and uh the most the one that I did for the longest was gymnastics so I know that there's, there's like a debate of whether or not gymnastics is a sport. I'm here to tell you it is, but, um, <laughs> but. <laughs> Who would debate that? <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, well, yeah, yeah. It's in the Olympics. Mm-hmm. Too. I know, right? <laughs> right, right? But, uh, but yeah, so I, I did that for, for a few years and yeah. Do you play any instruments? No, I pretend sometimes like I can play guitar. Just like in stories when I'm talking to people, so they think I'm. 
but I really can't. Like I'll I can play I can play what is the the dun 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 I think everybody knows how to play that song though. Like when you're learning. Yeah. So I can do that and then I learned how to play Mary Had a Little Lamb, I think. Other than that though I don't. So I would like to. Yeah. But I'm really bad at hobbies. I don't think I've ever met one adult that doesn't wish they had stuck with their lessons and learned to play an instrument. Like, I I can't think of anyone. Right. Well, and my husband, he plays guitar and bass, or he used to. He hasn't played in a while. But I used to ask him all the time to let me, like, to teach me. And he won't do it because he says that it's just just too annoying. (laughs) (laughs) Very charitable. (laughs) It's like like trying to teach your own children an instrument and just teach your own spouse. Yeah, hard to do yeah. <laughs> so, so do, uh, do you have any hobbies then? Uh, none, none that are consistent. I'm really bad at them. I'm really bad at keeping. I crochet. I do crochet, but I stopped doing that. Like I was, I had a goal, as you guys know, I had a goal to make scarves, like little puppet scarves for my nieces and nephews. They were super cute. They were, but I started like two months too late. <laughs> And then I got really overwhelmed and stressed out and like and, and had to buy Christmas presents for 16 kids a week before Christmas. <laughs> yeah. Well, now, not two months too late, you started 12 I, months early for next year. See, yeah, see, see, this is true. And it hasn't really been cold this year. Yeah. And so I'm thinking, like, maybe this God intervened. But, um, no, I'm just kidding. But, yeah, I do crochet some, and I do enjoy that. I, I used to hate it. I used to try it, and I hated it, and I would curse and throw the things and get really mad. It was a very big stressor in my life. I don't know why I did it for so long, but I took a break, and I'm back at it, and it's, it is fun. You made a really cute shark hat. I did. Yeah, I made sure. It has crazy eyes, but it was really cute. <laughs> I like those eyes. It's, it's for my three-year-old, and it's very appropriate for him. He's nuts. So. <laughs> yeah. Oh, sweet boy. Next question. <laughs> so, Alicia, you talked a little bit about your conversion on um, our podcast before. So we already know you're not a cradle Catholic. But when, how long have you been a Catholic? Um, I think I've been Catholic going on about 11 years now. So. Do you remember when you entered the church, like how that felt? Yeah, it was actually, it was kind of surprising because way back when, 10 years ago, 11 years ago, uh, when I entered the church, I was very much a crier. Like, I cried about everything. Mm-hmm. I was very emotional. <laughs> and so I figured that when I came into the church, I was just going to, like, bawl my eyes out. And I told my sponsor this. And I told my family this. I don't know, all that. And I, you know, got baptized. And then everybody went to the pew. And then we went up to... I can't remember how it worked. I think we got baptized and then confirmed and then received communion. So we did that and we I got up to receive communion and I was thinking I was going to cry because I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm receiving, receiving our Lord for the first time. This is amazing. And I was just, you know, dumbstruck. But I received and I sat down and started praying and it wasn't like there was no big emotions really. It was just like very peaceful. Mm-hmm. It was just nothing but peace. And... It was kind of funny, though, because my sponsor, I think, thought I was crying because I had my hands, like, kind of over my face and, like, praying with my hands kind of cupped over my eyes so she couldn't see me. And so she was, like, patting my back, like, it's okay. (laughs) (laughs) You're, like, really (laughs) sad. You're, like, I'm really fine. I'm fine. I'm good. So, yeah, it was a very, very beautiful experience. So. 
What is your favorite way to keep your faith alive and fresh and growing in your life? Like, what would you say is your go-to thing to really rev it up when it's getting dry or mm-hmm. when you just, something that you found bears a lot of fruit in your life? What's your... I would say set prayer times for reflection. Like, I'm not very good at them, to be honest, but like, I I have a goal of having every morning and then afternoon and evening for prayer and scripture reading and reflection and all that stuff. And um, in the past, when I've done the mornings, I tend to like have, you know, just a private kind of conversation with God. And then I have a moment of just silence just to sit there with them. And that, oh, it just gets my day going. It's so good. I have not been consistent at that or the nighttime um, scripture reading. But during the afternoons, um, when my kids go down for quiet time and have their screen time, um, I read the daily readings or daily mass readings. And I can't remember the website that I go to, but I do the, the mass readings and then there's a reflection and a prayer. And then I have my own prayer time that I do after that, praying like a decade of the rosary. Yeah, that's that's something that's been consistent that has, when I do miss it, if I do ever miss it, like I can feel that detachment a little bit, you know? And even in times where I feel like that desolation, like I feel that kind of dryness or whatever, like there is a noticeable change. So it's not like it brings me out of the dryness and it just, you know, transforms it and I'm all like, you know, emotional and all that kind of stuff. But it just, I don't know, it just keeps that connection with Mm -hmm. God. I really, really love it. What roles have you played or had in your parish or in other ministries since becoming Catholic? Um, I've worked with Birth Choice. Um, They're kind of the ones who actually really solidified my pro-life perspective. Um, And for our listeners who aren't in the local area, what is Birth Choice? Oh, yeah. Birth Choice is a uh, pregnancy resource center, and they give free pregnancy tests and ultrasounds and refer out for STD testing and all that kind of stuff, maternity you know, clothes and baby supplies and such like that. They're a really great organization. They changed their name, didn't they? Yeah. What is it now? Willow. Yeah, so I worked with them for a couple of years and I don't and the, I don't think this this one's not Catholic, but I worked with um yeah, I worked for Habitat for Humanity for a couple of years, and then I've done a couple of just small local organizations. Um, most recently, I worked with Project Gabriel for a couple of years as another pregnancy resource center um, in the Oklahoma City area. And um, yeah, since then, I'd kind of felt a pull away from it. Like, I really felt like God was calling me away from ministry, which is something that was really surprising to me because I felt a call to help people from a very young age. Like I, I really quickly tell, tell a story, but um, I just remember when I was in elementary school and my mom and I were driving somewhere at night and there was like road construction and she saw one of the guys, he was like directing traffic and um, she thought he could use a cup of coffee. So she went by and picked up a cup of coffee and drove by him and gave it to him. And it was just like this instant, like this is what I'm called to do. Like I'm supposed to help people kind of a thing. So God used that beautiful moment of generosity from my mom to really like lead me in that direction. And so when I started thinking that God was calling me away from doing kind of volunteer work, I was very confused and I said no for like months. <laughs> and um, but yeah, so since then I've been I've been out of ministry for a while, but I'm kind of starting to feel like God might be pulling me back in that direction. So we'll see where it goes, but. That's definitely kind of my jam is, you know, the volunteer work stuff. So I look forward to seeing what he has in store for it. 
I know that you have a passion for um, evangelization and apologetics. Um, as a convert, I'm sure it's fueled a lot by that and by, you know, just what led you to convert and to be, you know, to become Catholic. So can you tell us a little bit about that passion and what some of your dreams are related to that passion? Mm-hmm. Um, well, I, well, I guess it really kind of started from a moment of just, of restlessness. Because I don't know if, I'm sure you guys have heard of Catholic Answers, mm-hmm. or, you know, globally known. And um, I used to listen to their radio show a lot, like all the time, I, pretty much every day. And just, you know, getting all the apologetic stuff that I could because I just loved eating that stuff up as much as I could. But after a while, it just became kind of dry. Like, what is the point? Like, I'm just, I'm learning all this stuff and I'm growing in knowledge, which is good. But like, it's not going anywhere. It's just coming in and then staying there. And it just felt like it was really, I don't know, something was missing. And so I started thinking, okay, well, I need to, you know, get out there and do something about this and, like, tell people about it. And um, (laughs) being the fallen human that I am, I went about it very much the wrong way and um, started, you know, just every time I got together with family that's not Catholic, I would just be, you know, every five seconds religion would come up and they're just like, oh, my gosh, leave me alone. (laughs) And uh, anyways, over time... um, yeah, God's just, God's worked on that. And uh, now I just, I have a Facebook page and I, you know, just tell stories about my life and whatnot through the, the Catholic lens and whatnot. And I enjoy doing that. And then, um, you know, just trying to evangelize just by the way that I treat people, you know, not necessarily even talking about, sometimes it's really hard because I really, really want to, but <laughs> like trying not to bring it up all the time and just, you know, loving the people in my life and um i guess the end goal is really to i don't know just bring christ into the world and bring about conversions and you know grow closer to god myself and so you know really truly love people like i really want to love people and let them know like show them god Hmm. very much so which i have learned is not something through like the whole you know i was constantly like forcing them to hear me talk (laughs) about my faith i've learned that like showing them god isn't because like you know i'm smiling a whole bunch or i'm talking about it a whole bunch like god does it Mm -hmm. it's not me doing it it's god doing it so i've been learning that that's a hard lesson and i think it's interesting that you talk about your call like where you sort of that call moment when you had that clue to who you were Mm -hmm. god used that to call you Mm-hmm. You know, and that had nothing to do with him. So you're right. It is something so simple as just obeying that prompting inside of you to yeah. buy coffee for someone had an impact on her child mm-hmm. that was eternal, mm-hmm. that you carried everywhere with you. And that is just an example of what you're saying. You know, how God is the one that does it. Yeah, exactly. You just love people. You love people mm-hmm. the way that he wants you to love them and he'll do the rest. You talked about... <clears throat> Excuse me. You talked about your conversion and then your call to um, ministry. Is there any other um, like events in your life or experiences that you feel really shaped who you are? No, yeah. Um, I mean, I guess you've you guys have heard most of them. I guess um, I'll do just kind of shorten them up for this a little bit. But um, the adoration experience that I had oh. um, that was the biggest one um, where. 
I was really, I was about to come into the church, but then I started going through a very big period of doubt, like, you know, doubting whether or not God really existed, um, who this Jesus person was, if he was actually God or even a person at all, and all of this, and uh, went to adoration one night and sat in the pew and um, started asking God, like, if you're real, like, show me a sign because, you know, I'm about to bail out here and, you know, I don't really want to, but... I, I got to go where my logic leads me, and this is where it's leading me right now. So I sat back, and church was really creaky, and I kept hearing creaks, and I was like, is that you, God? Like, are you making noises, and this is supposed to, like, I'm just supposed to decipher a code or something? And um, as I was sitting there, I heard a voice. Um, it was kind of like that I was, to try to give a picture, the Eucharist was in the monstrance kind of up, up ahead of me, just a little to the right because I was on the left side of the pews. And then um, there was a hallway directly to my right, and uh, I heard a voice kind of up above me a bit in between the hallway and the, the monstrance, and it, it was a man's voice, and he said, look at me. So I turned around, and I started looking around, and there was only one other person in the, the chapel, woman, like, crocheting and, you know, sitting there, and then I was thinking, you know, well, there must be somebody in the hallway talking to somebody. So I go back to talking to God. And I heard it again, look at me, the same voice from the same spot. And I realized it wasn't coming from the hallway. And I was like, looked around and kind of got a little suspicious and like looked up at the monster. And so I was like, nah. And so I was like, come on, God, talk to me. <laughs> <laughs> and I uh, heard it a third time and uh, looked up at the, at the Eucharist and eyes just started burning. And I felt a feeling from my feet up to my head that I would describe as just like a filling up. Mm. And, um, you know, didn't know what to do with that. So I just knelt down. I was like, you know, really, really quick, like small, like, you know, side of the cross. Thanks, God. And, you know, took off. And uh, just between there and the car and like leaving the the um, parking lot, decided that, you know, I hadn't started hearing voices and I hadn't made it up in my head. Like this was something that was real and I had a choice to make to believe it or not. Mm. And I chose to believe it. And that's where it's took off. I would say that one. And then... uh Again, another period of really big doubt in my life. Um, I won't go into as much detail with this one, but um, it was a year ago, maybe a little bit more. But I, everything in me was telling me not to believe in God and not like, that I was wrong about this. And, you know, if I was wrong, then what horrible things were going to happen after I died? I don't know. It, just, it was just there. And um, I, I suffered with that for couple of days and then finally just told God I was like all right like you know I have to make a decision I can't just sit here in limbo I'm gonna go ahead and choose to believe you that you're real and it was the literally one of the hardest things that I've ever done to tell God I believe in you so hard it went against everything every feeling that I had was telling me not to and uh so I chose to do that and then I sat down on the couch and I just had a conversation with God about like the specific doubts that I was having and how it was you know try to work that out and he really like worked me work walked with me through that and worked that out with me and now like I just I occasionally that little doubt pops up in my head and I'm like I'll oh, shut up <laughs> smack that away because I know without a shout like well, I sh I could say without a shadow of a doubt I still have them sometimes but I know for certain that he he exists and loves me and all that stuff so. it's really common for for people on the path to holiness to have moments of absolutely not knowing if what they're believing is real. Like mm -hmm. that, and St. Therese suffered with that really, really a lot. Yeah. 
thinking that he wasn't real. It was all just, you know, something mm-hmm. made up in darkness. So, yeah, that's pretty common. Well, and for those who are experiencing that right now, what I learned from that experience, because that was the main thing that I was worried about was if I die, like what I die. <laughs> when I die, what's going to happen to me, mm-hmm. you know? And I came up with three basically possible options was that either either there was this God that didn't care and he was distant and whatever. And in that case, like, and didn't love us and didn't, you know, care what was going to happen. And in that case, like, regardless of whether or not I followed him, it wasn't going to matter when I died what was going to happen. He was going to do with, with me what I will. He will because... He doesn't care about me. So there's that option. If there isn't a God and, you know, the materialistic atheism is true, then I'm just going to disappear into nothingness. So it doesn't matter what I believe. But if it's true that God Mm. exists, if he does love you and he did come to earth and he did do all these things to show you how much he loves you, which I firmly believe that he did, then it does matter what you believe. Mm -hmm. And so even through those doubts, you got to strive through, like, you know, strive to win that race. And, you know, when you die, like, again, what you, what you do, what you believe is going to matter. You're going to go to heaven or you're going to go to hell or purgatory. And so, yeah. So strive. <laughs> Tell us an embarrassing moment that you've had to lighten things up a bit. <laughs> <laughs> Something that nobody else knows about or only a few people know about that happened to you. Huh. <laughs> Oh, no. You added that part. That now everybody's got them. <laughs> so we did give everyone a list, but now I'm sort of embellishing. Mm-hmm. Or maybe, okay, just something that you think is funny or, you know. Mm-hmm. I don't know. The one that comes to mind, and I don't know that it's that. I don't know. I don't know. It's that great a story. I'm really bad at telling stories. But um, it happened like a month ago. And I've actually done this several times. I don't know if y'all have done it. So there was a, a time at Mass when I went up to receive communion and after doing so like I went around and I think I went around the wrong way or something so I went down like the wrong pew and then I had to go around back the other way and I'm like blocking people's way and it was super awkward and like when I get really nervous like my face turns bright red and then I notice that I'm turning bright red so it turns even more bright red and then my eyes start burning so I can't open them very much because they're watering so I just look like I look like I don't I'm on I, I look uh, yeah I looked funny and uh so anyways I went back to the pew and my husband's just looking at me like are you okay and so I'm just like really embarrassed because I don't like that attention and uh you know I get thrown it's fine and then I go out and my husband's like so the next time you go up for community I was like oh you yeah. so Alicia <laughs> is there a favorite saint or devotion that you have Mm. Well, I would say I have a couple of different favorite saints. I really love Saint um, Mother Teresa. I've talked about her quite a bit. She's awesome. Um, I just love her. I don't know. Just her her dedication and her devotion to loving people, like even like the least among us, and um, just the the words that she uses to express like her love in God and like her humility that she had. The humility that she had, she was just uh, really inspiring because I tend to, um, one of the sins that I have a struggle with sometimes is a bit of vanity, and which is really weird because it's like oxymoronic because I'm like, 
really self-conscious half the time and then other times I'm like I'm the greatest and so it doesn't make any sense <laughs> that is vanity though being overly self-conscious can be there you go, part then. of vanity there you go but um so I really like Mother Teresa um and St. Maximilian Colby I absolutely adore his story uh, I think he just the self-sacrifice hmm. like <laughs> like I think about how there are so many times in my life that like I have um you know, not spoken about God in front of people or said even just God bless you or I've tried to kind of, I don't joke around about my face and maybe in an inappropriate way because I'm worried about what somebody thinks about me. And I'm like, man, like if I do that, like could I ever be a Maximilian Colby who like laid down his life for somebody for, for the sake of Christ? Like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm experiencing, like, these tiny little moments of just inconvenience in terms of, like, quote-unquote persecution. Mm-hmm. And, like, him and so many others, you know, gave their lives, and they were willing to go through so much pain and torment. And I'm like, man, I, like, <laughs> you know, like, it's it's very eye-opening. So, but I really like him. Um, there's other St. Teresa of Avila, St. Teresa of Lisieux. Like, all of them have had little little moments in my life where they've made a difference. But um, in terms of a devotion, I um, did a consecration to the Holy Spirit earlier this year, um, last year, by the time this airs. Since then, I have had a really close relationship with the Holy Spirit. I really I have a, a specific prayer that I say um, most mornings when I remember to do it but, um, to Him. And yeah, once I did that, I just close. Have you um, heard of Blessed Hans Jaeger's daughter? I have not. Okay, so you've got to you've got to meet this guy. Yeah, we'll talk about that sometime. I love that name. <sighs> if you could travel anywhere in the world, where would it be? Oh, my goodness! It would oh, so many places. It would probably be Italy. What part? Yeah. And why? What part and why? I would say probably Rome. For the Colosseum and for, okay, for the Sistine Chapel and for the Vatican and all of that. Um, I would love to see all of that. From what I understand, like the Colosseum has slowly been like eroding away and it breaks my heart. I want to get there so bad before that happens. But um, there and then for the life of me, I cannot remember where in Italy this is. But from what I understand, and somebody might correct me on this, but from what I understand, there is a pyramid like a legitimate pyramid that was built over there, hmm. however many hundreds or thousands or whatever years ago. And um, I would love to see that. Because from what I think you can dra- travel like the entire like length of the boot in like a day. Mm-hmm. And so I'd be able to like hit all the major spots. So, yeah. So I've always been a big fan of like Egyptian, like learning about Egyptian culture and just the pyramid, you know, Mayan and whatnot, like all the, you know, pyramids and whatnot. And so I would Gen- Generally see pagan stuff. Generally big stuff, yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes, it is. Perfect. <laughs> cool. I had to look it up. All right, so. <laughs> you, too, should also look it up, listener, because it's interesting. I would also like to go to the church that's decorated in human bones in Poland. I can't remember the name of it, but I find that so creepily fascinating <laughs> that I really want to go. So, and honestly, there's so many more places. I want to travel the world. I would love to do that. So, Well, thank you, Alicia, for letting us interview you today. 
I am honored. Thank you. And I hope you all enjoy learning a little bit more about one of our co-hosts. Thanks. Bye. And as always, thank you for joining us. Thanks. Thank you. Join us again in two weeks. Until then, may God bless you and may Mary accompany you.